Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to the playoff primer edition of the Hockey Mountain Podcast. Right here, we got everything that you need for the Avalanche playoff game uh, that is tonight as of this recording uh, against the Nashville Predators. We hope to have this recording and maybe possibly this video recording up live. Uh, there you see JJ doing some battle with, uh, with, our, with our resident mascot, if you will. Atticus, one of the dogs here, and then and then and then there's Duncan down there too. Uh, he cannot be forgotten as well. My name is Sean Tafoya, and with me, JJ Seward and Joseph Tafoya. How are you guys doing? How excited? Yeah, are playoffs. you guys? Woo-hoo. I'm did just you, pumped to have some playoffs back. Well, did you, <laughs> did you guys think that the Avalanche would? You know, of course, at the beginning of the year, we didn't really think that they would get close. But coming down the stretch, did you guys think that they would make it? over that little bump there that they had and barely squeak into the playoffs like they did. I was worried because of the road, all the road games that they had and against how the, like the tough components that, or uh, opponents that they had and just seeing that what they had on the road and having it all come down to one home game was a little nerve wracking, but I always believed you always have to believe. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, it was definitely really exciting and uh, they definitely got a little bit of help too along the way. So that, that was good for them. Yeah, it was definitely a struggle, as you mentioned, down the road, uh, dropping some games to um, the Kings, the Sharks, um, on that California home stretch, or that road stretch, actually, and then coming home with a do-or-die game uh, against St. Louis. Got a little help. Want to give a quick shout-out to my boy, Duncan Keith, for uh, for beating the St. Louis Blues in regulation in St. Louis, uh, one of the wins that vaulted the Avalanche into the playoffs. Picking up his second goal of the season, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Quick quick tidbit about that Duncan Keith goal as well. Um, that actually stopped him from setting a NHL record for the lowest shooting percentage um, for a qualified player in the, in the history of the NHL. He had taken almost 300 shots, scored only one goal um, on the season. But picking up his second... And uh, helping the Avs along the way there. So let's get into it here. Uh, we got a great show for you guys. We'll talk a little bit about that Avalanche game um, against St. Louis. Uh, that'll be our first segment here. And then uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the first round primer, the Avalanche, what they need to do against Nashville to come up with an upset. We'll talk best and worst case scenarios and maybe some fair expectations that we have of the Colorado Avalanche uh, in the playoffs here. Um, and then we'll talk some key players in the series, and we'll give you some game-by-game predictions uh, for all three of us. In segment three, we'll talk about Nathan McKinnon uh, coming down the stretch, um, maybe maybe not being in the heart race anymore. Uh, teams starting to get um, on Nathan McKinnon, uh, what that means for right now, for in the past, and then maybe for things to come as well. We'll touch a little bit, now that the Avalanche are in the playoffs, we'll touch a little bit on the Johnson and Varlamov injuries, give our opinions about that. And then we'll wrap things up with a general NHL playoff primer. Uh, We'll talk not only Avalanche, but we'll go through the series in the rest of the league, the rest of the Western Conference. Lots of intriguing matchups that got underway last night, and uh, we'll talk about our just what we think. So let's get into it. Let's talk about that Avalanche-St. Louis game. Do or die game, guys. Was this the biggest Avalanche game in maybe even the last ten years? Was it bigger than when they played Minnesota in Game Seven in 2013? I mean, I would say yes, just because we see what the Avs are kind of shaping up to be, kind of where they're heading. And I, for that game, um, I just think it was a really big stepping stone of kind of showing the mentality of this new team that we have. And um, I mean, they're so young to the point where you're really any possibilities they have really any possibility of really doing anything um but i think that was just kind of the main game where they wanted to be like you know what this is who we are this is what we can do and we can be clutch when we need to be yeah absolutely i especially like you're talking about back to playing minnesota in 2013 i think uh back in that series they were kind of expected to win and they kind of should have won and they blew it um difference with this season is kind of going into the season there was really no expectations uh, for the Avalanche to make the playoffs. But I think the fact that they did and um, came down to that one game um, kind of as the underdogs, I mean, I don't think anyone really had the Avalanche to even win that game. So, I mean, not not really as much pressure to win, but um, given the season they had last season, it's huge for, for this hockey club. 
Yeah, I think it was big and it was huge for 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 a couple reasons. Talking about first and foremost making it into the playoffs, something that you definitely want to do um, when you get that close, when you have the season the Avalanche have had, um, and then to falter a little bit down the stretch, but then to still have that opportunity where, hey, we control our destiny throughout throughout that whole faltering stretch. They still controlled their destiny. They still, with that last game against St. Louis, it was okay. At this point, if we win out. We still make the playoffs, and then and then and then they lose to LA. Then okay, well we can still do it. Lose to San Jose. Okay, we will. We can still do it. They get a little bit of help. They beat St. Louis, and so obviously it's a huge game for making the playoffs. But it's he it's it's a huge game for the confidence of those young hockey players as well. I mean the Avalanche, well represented as the youngest hockey team in the NHL age wise. Mm-hmm. You know so many young players. And it's not only important for them to get that playoff experience, you know, Sammy Girard, Tyson Yost, um, you know, guys like McKinnon and Landeskog getting their second taste of it. Um, it's, a, I mean, it's important for them to be able to have that confidence, especially the confidence that they've shown at home to know, hey, when our backs are up against the wall, you know, we can go out, we can put forth possibly our best effort of the season, especially against a team that has had the Avalanche's number for many, many, many years now, you know, especially this year. Especially this season. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you talk about why everyone was thinking, hey, you know, like maybe maybe this isn't going to work out so well for the Avalanche. Was It's because it was St. Louis, and St. Louis for the last little bit has been a thorn in the Avalanche's side, but they were able to go out and get a win and build that confidence going into the playoffs. And we'll see where it can take this young team, not only in this playoff run, but in future playoff possible playoff runs as well. Yeah. I kind of thought it was interesting. What I think it was Mike Haynes. He kind of pointed out during the St. Louis game was how I think one big reason why we had such a hard time with that team is we, they had Stastny and in that game, Stastny obviously, as we all know, is a Winnipeg jet now. Yeah, and I mean, I think that kind of falls in line with the Avs just having that curse against any former teammate that they have. With, I mean, Cody Mack got those two goals against us in this first game mm-hmm. with the Preds, right? And then Stastny for years with the Blues ever since that trade kind of tore us apart as well. Worth noting, Cody McLeod no longer plays for the Nashville Predators either, so maybe maybe a little foreshadowing there by JJC word there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well. I mean, just moving ahead, um, I touched on it a little bit. How big was it for the future um, of the Colorado Avalanche, in your guys' opinion, uh, to get that win and propel them into a playoffs, not only to gain that playoff experience, but what kind of confidence do you guys see it given a young team like the Avalanche moving forward? I mean, I think it just propels their confidence even more. We kind of saw how much confidence they had coming into the season. They just had that mission of not having that repeat of a very bad season. And um, I just think that right now, really, the future is kind of in their hands and seeing just how young that team is getting that playoff experience and also getting a bunch of more draft picks in the future already. It's it's a really exciting time for the Avs just because of how young they are and how optimistic this group is already. Yeah, it definitely shows a lot of confidence in this young squad as it is right now. I mean, g- given their situation, it would have been really easy to – to not make the playoffs and getting that draft lottery. Um, but it definitely shows a lot of confidence with um, the players they have now and the prospects that they have and uh, just the future of this team moving forward. All right, guys, any final thoughts, reactions to the game? Offsides. <laughs> <laughs> was it offsides, though? It was close. It's, it was really close. It was and definitely close. If you're talking about the offsides call, we can talk about this for a minute. One, I'm going to be that guy and say that the NHL 100% owed the Colorado Avalanche oh, yeah. one. Oh, yeah. They, they owed them. 100%. Honestly, I think that's why the call went in that direction. Right. I mean, for me, but it was it, so it, close. It, it was close. It, close. it, it looks offsides. And You're I think, talking I think pixels, that's why, Joe. Yeah. Pixels. Like. You can tell pixels and I, the features now. Yeah, but I don't, I don't, I don't know how you overturn that based off of you know. Oh, yeah. If it was offsides for point zero 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 oneth of a second, like you can't overturn that in that spot yeah. in such a huge game, especially 
I don't want to say that this went into the call or if it should have because it shouldn't have, but keep in mind that, that the Avalanche won that faceoff. Okay. Mm-hmm. Barry, Barry kept it in the zone, quote-unquote, and then the Avalanche went and cycled it around a little bit. I think someone actually did the math on it, and it was something like like 22 passes and two shots on goal until that goal was scored. So yes and no, did that kind of directly lead into the goal? It might have, but the Avalanche did a really good job of keeping the zone after that, and the Blues had every opportunity to clear the puck, but they didn't. Yeah. yeah. I mean, given the fact it was close enough, it, it wasn't conclusive enough to overturn it, and I think, I think, I think that's why... That's why I didn't get called back. And maybe with the NHL is feeling a little bit like they owe the Avs one. I don't know. A little bit, right. maybe. Just yeah, just, just a little bit, you know. Um, but I mean kinda going back to that game against the Blues, I just I was really impressed with it because I didn't get to watch the game live a little, just because I was up in the springs and spending some time with friends up there. But watching the team watching the like recording of the game, they were they had crisp passes, they were playing very hard against a Blues mm-hmm. team, and yeah. they just got those chances early, and they capitalized on it. And yeah. I thought they just played maybe one of their best games of the season, but just they just played extremely well. I mean, they, they had to win in regulation, and you can tell that they knew it through the whole game, and they had, they had a nice lead throughout the whole game. A couple things. One thing that I absolutely love about this Avalanche team is you talked about the nice, crisp passes, but as far as Avalanche teams go, it's one of the most – best team chemistry that I've seen in quite a while with the Colorado Avalanche. And you and you could tell, and it shows in the game, um, especially the celebration of Landeskog when they kind of dogpiled him after the empty net goal, is that this team, they play, they play not only for the city of Denver and for the fans, like they've said before, but they play for each other. And I can't remember an Avalanche team that was, that was this close and had this, this good a team chemistry you know, thinking back on it, probably the last time, you know, they won a cup or the last time they made a playoff run with with Peter Forsberg and Joe Sackick and all those guys, um, Rob Blake down there, the Patrick Waugh, you know, and it's really, 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 really fun to see. So and then the other thing, JJ, you might you might appreciate this as well, is uh, at the game throughout the game. um, I was I was I was kind of thinking how it was kind of like a scenario like the Champions League yeah. in soccer when the Avalanche were like that team that was I guess I guess I guess I'm trying to figure out the scenario but they but they went down one 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 nil on aggregate in the first leg and this was the second leg and uh, you know it was really one of the one of the one of the only times where you will see. Um, that kind of situation in the NHL. Mm-hmm. And you could tell the Avalanche knew it because after they scored that first goal, it wasn't like a, all right, we got a one goal lead. We got to protect this. Like, let's go, let's go. But they, but they were sitting there like, all right, technically we have like a half goal lead right now. And they, and they went and they pushed and Sammy Gerard's goal was huge. The first one, mm-hmm. but Tyson Berry's second goal, I think was Maybe the biggest goal that Tyson Berry has ever scored. Oh yeah, most definitely. I mean, Barry's had one hell of a season so far, and points but, wise, yeah, points but. wise. And I mean, I know people will uh, get on about his plus minus, which we all know isn't great. Even I, in my one of my articles, I was just like, uh, he's like a minus eleven, and he has twenty something. And his his defensive play is not. <laughs> it it leaves something to be desired for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, but I mean, I I definitely have to agree that I think that was probably the biggest goal for him to get this season, just because, I mean, I, I don't know exactly reason. I know I I just think it's one of the reasons probably. Yeah. All right, guys, let's move along. Segment number two here on the uh, Hockey Mountain Podcast. Thanks for sticking around with us here. We're in playoff primer mode, so let's get into our first round playoff primer for the Colorado Avalanche. The Avalanche, of course, nabbing that uh, that wild card two spot in the Western Conference. So they'll be going up against the uh, Western Conference champions and the regular season league champions, the President's Trophy winner in the Nashville Predators. So the Avalanche, the biggest underdogs. Everything that I've seen, everything that I've read uh, prediction-wise has Preds in four, Preds in five. So this would be a huge upset if the Avalanche were able to win this series guys 
What do the Avalanche have to do, in your opinion? Give me some keys to the series to upset Nashville. One word, McKinnon. McKinnon, Landy, and Rantanen have to get, probably play the godlike for the rest rest of the series. Um, I feel like they'll probably be the main difference maker and kind of to help them out a little bit. I mean, Kerfoot and Jost were kind of getting everything grooving at, towards the end of the mm-hmm. season. I think that'll kind of lead into it. Um, but that third line of Soderberg, Nieto, and uh, Como will have to play another huge role because of how deep that Nashville team is, too. Yeah, I think solid solid poor checking is going to be the key against Nashville. I mean, their their whole thing is built around like a really solid, solid defensive core that really plays like like a well oiled machine. Mm-hmm. And I mean, clean like really clean zone entries are going to be few and far between. So I mean, I think <coughs> just just uh, getting that strong forecheck and just being able to get possession in the offensive zone and uh, get some shots on net, I think that's going to be the biggest key for the Avalanche. Yeah, and also uh, Bernier as well too. Right. I feel like with Varley out for the rest of the season, that's that's a, I mean that's a huge hit. But as we, I mean, we'll get to it eventually. Right. But I just I don't feel like him being out is as big as EJ being out. Right. Right. And. Honestly, I think Bernier is going to have to steal two or three games if you guys, uh, I mean, if the Avalanche are going to are, are gonna win this series. Um, you guys touch on McKinnon, obviously a big factor. He has to get going. That line has to get going. But the Avalanche are also going to need a goal or two from their depth guys, you know, in this game. Uh, you mentioned the forechecking, but Nashville has such a great forecheck, such a great backcheck, and plays that neutral zone trap so well. Um, you mentioned the well-oiled machine. They really are. And it's hard for a team like the Avalanche that kind of relies on their skill and their speed to beat them. So so, so the forecheck is going to be have to have to be huge because, um, you know, the Avalanche are going to have to gain most of their zone entries by dumping and chasing the puck. So they're going to have to go in and they're going to have to be more physical than the Nashville Predators, uh, which always, I mean, throughout the history of the Nashville Predators is a hard, hard thing to accomplish. Um, but I'm going to put a lot of, a lot of pressure on the defensive core. Uh, you mentioned how losing Johnson, we'll touch into that a little bit later is such a big loss for them, but I'm looking at guys like Zadorov is going to have to have, you know, the best, the best four to seven game stretch of his entire career. Tyson Berry isn't going to have to fuck shit up. Like, <laughs> like, like he normally does as being Tyson Berry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Alt is out for Warsawski, which I don't really agree with. Cause I think. Alt has been a little bit more defensively sound than Warsawski. Um, so I don't really understand that kind of in and out purposes. But, you know, if Warsawski is able to give you a goal on the third D pairing, then I guess it all works out for you. Um, but, yeah, the defense is going to have to be huge. Bernier is going to have to be huge. And it's Nashville, and they're so good defensively. You're going to have to go in, and you're going to have to win these games one to nothing, two to one. They're going to be low-scoring affairs. They're going to be goaltender battles Pekarene is you know borderline goaltender of the year this year and you're asking Jonathan Bernier to be better than Pekarene which is easier said than done right now but again crazier things have happened like like I've been mentioning to people all week the Avalanche haven't beaten Nashville in two years Mm -hmm. that's not even like they've beaten them in a season series they just flat out haven't beaten Nashville in two years but then again, Nashville last year played five games against Chicago and they lost and they lost pretty good in four of those five games. The one game that they won was, I believe, an overtime win, which if you remember, the Avalanche almost pulled out an overtime win against Nashville this year. Yep. So it's not like they haven't been playing them close all year. I think that they can steal. And I think one of the keys will be one of these first two games. If the Avalanche have any shot of winning this playoff series, they have to leave Nashville at the very least with the series tied 1-1. Yeah. I feel like another aspect that kind of goes into as well is, I mean, there, there's Wilson, there's Gerard, mm-hmm. and there's uh, the third Bork. name. Yeah, Bork yeah. as well. And, I mean, all those ex- are all Nashville guys. Yep. And, I mean, it kind of would be a special story as well as if uh, Kamenev would have been able to participate, but right. I don't think he's eligible. Um, but I think it's, I think that's another storyline that will be really interesting to watch because it's, 
basically from their point of view, it's we didn't really work out for you guys, so now it's retribution. Right. It's I think that's another really interesting storyline to watch in this series. Yeah, I mean honestly, this series kind of, um, kind of kind of like last year, kind of has that feel of like that Caps Leaf series where mm. you know like everyone everyone thought the Leafs were gonna come and get smashed, and they they stole. They stole two games from the right. Caps, you know? And, I mean, just watching that team play, too, like, you can tell all season they didn't have any playoff expectations, and they're just out there having fun. Mm-hmm. And, you know, getting for the Avalanche, I think I think that's, like, the biggest part. Like, it'll be fun watching them out there having fun. They didn't really have any playoff expectations, but they're out there getting these young kids um, some big playoff experience, and I think that's going to be um, the biggest takeaway from, from this series, whether they win it or not. All right, so talk about expectations. Um, best case scenario for the avalanche, worst case scenario for the avalanche and meet somewhere in the middle of those. Give me your best case. Give me your worst case. And what do you think is a fair expectation for the Colorado avalanche in this playoff series against the Nashville predators? I would say my best case is that they, they all show up. McKinnon goes godlike for a few games and the top line really starts clicking, and then Bernier also gets on that streak that we saw earlier in the season with that uh, ten-game winning streak, and then the Avs maybe maybe take it in seven. Um, I feel like worst case scenario would be exactly what everyone is anticipating for the Preds to kind of just steamroll the Avs, which we constantly keep reading and hearing over and over again. Um, and that they and the Avs are either swept or they at least win one. I feel like that's the worst case scenario, probably. And if I'm spacing on the last fair, question, fair expectations. What's what? What is a fair thing to expect from the Colorado Avalanche as far as this playoff series is concerned? I feel like a fair one would be. I don't know. I personally, for me, I keep imagining a lot that they'll have to use a lot of overtimes, especially in the series with the mm-hmm. Preds, because as we, as Ken, what you were saying before was um, towards the end of the season, those games got closer and closer and closer every single game almost. So that's kind of what I feel, what will we can kind of expect from the series between the Avs and the Preds this time is a lot more overtime stuff and kind of just needing an exit time for McKinnon and everyone else to kind of get their stuff going. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if the, if the Avs can steal one in Nashville in these first two games, which Na- Nashville's become a really tough place to play, especially, right. especially in the playoffs. But I mean, if they can steal one uh, coming back, come back to Denver with with one game, um, I think there's a real chance that they can um, possibly win it in six or seven games. Especially with how good of a home team they've been yeah, this year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like if they're not behind two zero coming back home, I think there's a real chance they can. Uh, win in like six or seven games obviously worst case scenario they they get just get destroyed four games um what, what was the third one like most most likely fair, fair most yeah. most fair expectation expectation i mean even if they lose if they take them to seven games six or seven games against nashville i think that's right that's, that's a very fair expectation okay see i think i think i think we're kind of similar here um i think my worst case scenario is that the avalanche gets swept, but they don't just get swept. You know, if they get swept, I won't be that upset if they're, you know, close in every game, they have an opportunity to win some games, you know, they're, you know, that, that, that they can show that they can be right there with, with the Nashville predators, every single playoff game, um, through, through a four game sweep, you know, if they're going to get swept, I want them to be close, but, uh, but the worst case scenario would be, you know, a five or six goal defeat in every single game, and they just look like they don't belong there. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I just want them to feel like, to to look like they belong in the playoffs. Like they look like a playoff team. Best case scenario, got to steal one in Nashville. Oh yeah. Come back one one, and I think if you could if if you could slot it out in your head, come back one one in Nashville, win two in Colorado, go back to Nashville up three one. Nashville back back up against the wall. They'll probably win Game Five. Come back to Denver up three two. Best case scenario, you take Game Six and you move on to the second round. Mm-hmm. I would say a fair expectation for the Colorado Avalanche is to win one game in this series. Oh yeah. If they win one game of the in this series, I don't think that's too much to ask for this Colorado Avalanche team that has been one of the best home Avalanche teams possibly ever mm-hmm. to 
You know, you have two games at home. Even if you come back down 2-0, your back's up against the wall in that game three, win one. You know, um, they they say all the time they play for the city of Denver. I don't think it's too much um, of an expectation to say, you know, we all didn't expect you to be here. No mm-hmm. one expected you to be here. You know, again, show that you belong, win one game, and if they lose in five, they lose in five. Yeah, you I know? mean, they're not I – f- I feel like – so much pride of they've already earned so much already being where they were last season now where they are today mm-hmm. and um i mean you're going against the natural predators in the first round that's yeah. not a tough i mean that is a very tough uh like selection of teams draw. that you, yeah, yeah tough, tough draw. draw and uh i mean either way they can just have pride say i mean say they get swept they can have pride that they made it but knowing and talking to the team this season it's you can tell that they want more than just being like, okay, it's pride. They right. want, they want something more. And it's, it's kind of cool to see because they have that competitive edge. And I think that just going to amplify as the seasons go along too. Yeah. They're out there trying to, trying to prove something, you know, especially after coming off last season, getting to this point. I mean, coming into the season, they had, they had a lot to prove and they've definitely proven a lot, but there's still, there's still a lot to go. Mm-hmm. All right. We kind of mentioned it before um, when we were talking about the keys to the series, but if you could pinpoint one player that you think is key to the Avalanche, Av- Avalanche's hopes, not even winning the series, but even if they have, you know, a chance in hell to win the series, who's the one player that you guys is think 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 is the most important? McKinnon, definitely. I mean, he he stepped it up right when Duchesne got traded, and he really showed what kind of superstar he can be. Um, in many ways, he's probably the heart of the team, which kind of goes against what I was saying against shout out to Cameron Parker, because I was saying that the that the Avs can have more than one heart of the team. Yeah, because it's I mean, it's McKinnon, it's Landy, it's I guess Rance in his own way. But then you have a Como and all these other guys. Um, But when it comes to big impact in a very important series, it's McKinnon and how he performs. Yeah, I think like we we touched on it earlier too with uh with EJ out. I think I think Zadorov's probably gonna be probably play the biggest role, um especially with Varley out as well too. Like, um Bernier's really gonna need that defensive support, and Zadorov's gonna have to step up and be that number one defenseman on the Avalanche. I think. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with Jonathan Bernier. Um, I think I think I think we're all kind of around the same thing, and if. <laughs> If you're wondering at home, we didn't, we definitely didn't plan to pick a forward, a defenseman, and a goalie. But I'm definitely going to go with Jonathan Bernier. Uh, you talk about the most important position in playoff hockey. It's your goaltender. You know, you need a you you need a goaltender, especially if you're the underdog, to go in and to win some games for you. That's exactly what Pekka Rene did for the Predators last year. It's a big reason why they made a Cup run. Um, you know the. The Predators can outplay the Avalanche as much as they possibly want. Yep. And if and if and if and if Jonathan Bernier is a brick wall and isn't letting anything into the net, the Avalanche can get that one goal, win win a couple games, one nothing. If you can steal a couple, if you're Jonathan Bernier, I mean, you're talking about a guy who has his name engraved on the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. Granted, it was as a backup with the LA Kings, but you know, you still a guy who's been there, who's experienced that kind of thing and knows how hard it is to get there um, on a team. So I think Jonathan Bernier is going to be a big story here in round number one, and I think he's going to surprise some people. Yeah, I mean, plus people have to remember that Bernier also, like you were saying, he has his name on the cup as well, but he has so much playoff experience with, I mean, Anaheim as well too, Mm -hmm. and as our main guy too. And the Leafs. Yeah, and the Leafs too, and he just – he has that playoff experience and he knows what it takes to keep a team in it and to steal a few games. And when it comes down to playoffs, that's what has to happen. The goalie has to be able to steal some games. So, I mean, yeah, I definitely agree that he will have to be play a huge role in this series. All right, let's run down the series real quick. Game by game predictions. How do you guys see this one playing out? Starting with tonight in Nashville, game one. Um, I see tonight being... I think maybe three two abs in overtime. Kind of what I was saying before is I think this game, this series will go to overtime a lot. I feel like the abs know how on un- how under how much of an underdog they are, and they'll come into Nashville with plenty of fire, and 
put a ton of shots on Pecorino early in the game and get a few past them and come away with the overtime victory. Yeah, I think definitely they're coming off real confident after that that big win, win against the Blues. But, I mean, I think there's going to be a little bit of a shock, especially for this young team. First playoff game in Nashville. Um, I, I don't think they're going to beat Nashville tonight. I think they're, they'll probably end up having it close or beating them um, the next game. But I think it's today's today is going to be kind of like a like a learning experience, kind of something like figuring themselves out at this point. Because that 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 environment, playing your first playoff game for a lot of these players, it's gonna it's gonna be a big shock to them, I think. See, I think I think I think the Avs have one distinct edge against Nashville, and that's all all the pressure is on Nashville. The Avalanche are coming in; they they're not they're not supposed to be here. Nobody thinks they're going to do anything. There's no pressure on them whatsoever. If they get swept, you know, it really won't be that big of a deal if the Colorado Avalanche gets yeah. swept. I think they're going to win tonight, and I think they're, they're going to win 3-1. to one. I think they'll pot two goals in the first period. I think Bernier is going to play lights out. The Preds will probably get a, a late one to give them hope, pull Pekka Rene, and I think the Avs will seal it with an empty net w- goal and win 3-1 to one tonight. Yeah, like like I mentioned before, like the Leafs last season, like if they're they're just out there loose, having fun, like like you said, all the pressure's on Nashville. So I think potentially like that that could be a benefit for them if they're just out there loose, no expectations. In this first game, who do you guys think will be the main main guy for like either the Abs or the Preds? I think Jonathan Bernier is gonna is is gonna save forty plus shots tonight. That's okay. my that's my bold prediction for game one tonight. Yeah, I I could see that. Um I can never see Landy stepping up and having a big game as well too. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he had a good game too against uh, against the Blues too in a high pressure situation. Um, I'm going to kind of give it a little bit of a surprise factor. Hit uh, me with it. So, uh, you know how towards the end of the season, two guys on their team has been really really Carl good? Soderberg. No, nope. <laughs> I'm going to go with Yost. Kerfoot and Yost. Okay. I feel yeah. like they'll they know what they can bring, and with all of the, the chemistry that being they've been gained towards the end of the season. It'll come together. I like that, and I like that they have an opportunity to be a factor because Yost has had a really good game but hasn't really found the back of the net, hasn't really found the scoring. And throughout the season, he has, and maybe maybe a little bit of the depth guys for the Avalanche, uh, like Yost, like Kerfoot, maybe even Soderberg, maybe even Como and Nieto. That line's been great all year. Maybe they can, they can catch the Predators napping a little bit when they're focused on you know, McKinnon and Rantanen and Landis Cog. And who knows, if they can set the tone early, maybe that can open things up for the big line later on down the series. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, especially if the Predators are coming into this series kind of overlooking some of those guys, like mm-hmm. you said, like like Nieto and Soderberg and stuff. Like, they can really underestimate this team. Mm-hmm. That, that could be their downfall. I don't know. We'll see. All right, we've talked about game one. Give me the rest of the games. Just give me your quick rundown on how you see it playing out. Uh, I see Nashville taking game two, maybe – uh three one. I see Avs taking game three and maybe no. Yeah, I see the Avs taking game three and I see Nashville taking game four. And I honestly in my opinion I see this game this series going full seven if the Avs show up. The keywords being there. If, if the Avs if, show up. Yeah. Um and I'm gonna assume it goes at seven games and I'm going to give a heartbreaker, but I'm going to say if it goes seven games, maybe Nashville 3-2. All right. Say so Nashville wins tonight. Next game, Avs win. Uh, go back to go back to Colorado with, with that game. Um, just on a high note, win two at home. They've been great at Pepsi Center. Win two at home. Go back to Nashville. Nashville wins, and then close that out in six at the Pepsi Center. You stole you stole the words right <laughs> out of my mouth. Going bold bold prediction time. I think the Avs are going to win this in six games. Um, don't don't at me uh, at <laughs> Old Takes Exposed. I don't want to see me on Twitter or anything like that. But I think but I think the Avs are going to. But if it's right, you heard it here first. You heard it here first. <laughs> if it's right, you heard it here first. If not, uh, we're just going to delete this podcast. But uh, I think I think I I think we just flip flop our games. I think the Avs are going to come out with some fire. Catch them off guard. Win game one. The Preds are going to come back with a strong effort in game two. You can't lose two on your home ice. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'll go back to Denver 1-1. The Avs have been so good at home. It's so hard to bet against them, um, especially when the can's going to be rocking like it is. I think they'll take two at the Pepsi Center, 
the Preds with their back against the wall, they'll win game five, and then I think game six, the Avalanche with the opportunity <laughs> to close out the President's Trophy winner at home. I don't see how they will lose that game if they get to that point. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to – I'm Joe and I, we're going to go for the bold – the bold, the bold prediction time, but the avalanche in six. Uh, maybe that's a little bit of a homer call. Maybe we've just been watching this team all season, but definitely abs in six for me. Or kind of what you were saying, uh, abs sweeping the Preds in those comments. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> I just – Predators fans have just been getting on my nerves. They're so cocky now, and I just – I just – I not, – not only for the abs – I want them to sweep the Predators, but for the Chicago ties in me, for all the crap they talked about, the Chicago Blackhawks as well, I would love to see them be the best team in the Western Conference and then get swept in the first round. I mean, if you can't talk shit on the internet, what is this all for? Right? Right? Exactly. (laughs) Why am I alive? Why am I alive if I can't talk shit on the internet? What is life about? (laughs) Yeah, right. All right, guys, we'll move along. Segment number three here, we'll talk about some Nathan McKinnon. Uh, he played very, very well all season long. Okay, you can't, you can't deny that he is a Hart Trophy candidate. But we mentioned they faltered a little bit down the stretch, and a big reason was that top line wasn't really working anymore. I think it's an absolute shock to me with where he was in the season that Nathan McKinnon did not end with 40 goals on the year. Mm-hmm. So. Did Nathan McKinnon kind of lose out on the Hart Trophy uh, down the stretch there? Um, I mean, I feel like in some ways he did, but it probably in majority way he didn't because at the end of the day, the Avs did qualify for the playoffs. And all, all season long, even when he kind of got on the hot streak a little bit, they were saying if he does win the Hart, it will be because the Avs make the playoffs. Which, I mean, they made the playoffs. He... I mean, you can't really forget about that much of a stretch, especially with a team like the Avs. I mean, there's Taylor Hall, obviously, who did very, who's been doing extremely well with the Devils. I last season, I still see the Devils a little bit better as a, than the Avs because the Avs were awful last mm-hmm. season. Right. Um, but I mean, I just think, in my opinion, I don't see him losing the heart unless it's just pure favorit pure favoritism. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just the Avalanche making the playoffs in general. Like he, he was a big part of that. Like huge part of that. Like no matter how how he did down the stretch. Um, I mean, honestly, like like you said, didn't make it to, didn't quite make it to forty goals. But I mean, like, like if you look at his numbers too, like it's 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 real it's real comparable to like all the other mm-hmm. all the other guys you're talking about, like like Claude Giroux, Taylor Hall, Malkin. You know, like all the other kind of people getting talked about in that heart race and i mean um like he's got 97 points on the season 39 goals 58 assists um i mean just given his numbers and given um the kind of impact he had on this team this season and the turnaround season this team's had i think like the the last little stretch when he kind of when he was kind of slumping i don't think that really affects that should really affect his heart heart bid right right of course um I just, I just think if he, if he played like he did down the stretch, um, like he did all year and was the dominant Nathan McKinnon all year, I think that he would be a slam dunk for the Hart Trophy. Yeah. I no longer think that he, he's a slam dunk for the Hart Trophy. I'm now kind of in the mode where Claude Giroux, Taylor Hall, Evgeny Malkin. I mean, I mean. Shit, even give it to Connor McDavid if you want to, because imagine how shitty the Oilers would have been if they didn't have Connor McDavid on yeah. their roster. Holy crap! You know, I think I think you have a, you know, four to eight guys that you can give the Hart Trophy to, and no one can really complain. It's kind of like how the National League MVP kind of shaked up for 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 everyone last year. It was kind of like uh, you had five guys. Pick one, you know, and, you know, you really can make an argument either way. And that's kind of how I see it right now. It's kind of like a roll of the dice. Um, And we'll see how the voters, the voters pick out. But I think, but I think just seeing national, national media kind of stuff like that. I think um, the feeling is that Taylor Hall kind of willed his team to the playoffs more than Nathan McKinnon willed his team to the playoffs. Evgeny Malkin, you know, the, 
the Pittsburgh Penguins were a little dead in the water halfway through the year, and he went on a tear and kind of willed his team to the playoffs, just like Nathan McKinnon did. Um, so I don't, while I don't think he didn't lose out on the heart, I think that he could have been an absolute slam dunk, no doubts about it. If he would have reached that 100-point plateau and that 40-goal plateau, I don't know how you don't give it to Nathan McKinnon with the Avalanche season. Mm-hmm. But I now think it's a little bit more up in the air than it would have been. Yeah, like I, I agree. I feel like if he did, did better down the stretch, he'd be like a no-questions kind of kind of pick for the heart. But, I mean, like some of the other guys, like we mentioned too, like points-wise, um, McKinnon ended at 97. Um you got a uh, Malkin at ninety eight with forty two goals. Right. Um, I mean, you got Taylor Hall who had also had thirty nine or yeah thirty nine goals but ninety three points. Um, you got Claudio. He had the he had one hundred two. Was that highest points for some of the guys we were talking about? But I mean, you look at other stuff like McKinnon's got twelve, twelve game winning goals. You know, like like little little important things like that versus like Taylor Hall seven. You know, or Malkin seven or. Giroux like one, you know. I mean, if you look at some of the numbers and kind of compare, I think I think McKinnon really has like a better chance than some of these other guys as an overall like right overall player. Yeah. Okay, so think about McKinnon's stretch down down this playoff push here. How he's kind of maybe fallen off a little bit, if that's the right word. Do you guys think it's maybe a sign of things to come? I mean. Do you think teams have started to figure out Nathan McKinnon a little bit, or do you think it was just uh, just a twelve game stretch or so where, you know, some sometimes it's just on, sometimes it's just not quite there. I kind of think it's just on or not quite there. I feel like f- during that stretch, teams kind of did figure him out a little bit and how to stop that line a little bit as well. Um, but the thing about McKinnon is, if you stop skating, he's going to blow right by you, right. which we've seen. Time and time and time again. Right. His wheels, unreal. Oof. <laughs> Oof. And um, I mean, I feel like Nashville is kind of aware of that, and they're going to try to play him extremely hard. But then, if you take out McKinnon, you also have to worry about Ranton and Landeskog. Right. Um, I don't know. I feel just kind of what we saw in his rookie season, where he has a reputation of in the no matter what the stage he kind of steps up that next level. I kind of. We saw that in his rookie season. We've heard that ever since he was with Halifax. And um, I don't know. I just feel – I just have a feeling that he's going to step it up once again and kind of lead this team. Yeah, I think especially, like, this season, too, we've seen, like, uh, that Nathan McKinnon that can be, like, more of a more of a team guy, you know. And I think that, that comes with having having the pieces that play around him as well, too. So, in our, like, past few seasons we've seen, like, the Nathan McKinnon show where right where he's he's he is the Avalanche you know but I think this season we've seen a lot more of of him like being being that team player um you know with his 58 assists like he not only sc- scores goals but he he sets other people up for scoring goals too like Miko and and Landeskog on that line yeah I mean that's that's one concern with me while I don't think teams have really figured out Nathan McKinnon um, we'll talk about it here in a little bit about depth scoring and everything, but I just, I just, that's one thing that concerns me is that's what the Nashville Predators have been able to do to beat the Colorado Avalanche is they've been able to neutralize that top line, not just Nathan McKinnon, but everyone on that line. And, you know, they've kind of dared, uh, the Tyson Yost of the world to say, Hey, come beat me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and the Avalanche have not been able to do it. Um, now they've gotten Quite a bit of depth scoring this year, but not a whole lot of depth scoring. Um, something that can be improved on, I think, with his Avalanche team is after that first line, you know, who's going to get you 20-something goals? Uh, do you guys think that that's something that will come with Kerfoot and uh, and Yost and maybe some veteran guys like Como and Soderberg? Or do you think that's something the Avalanche, maybe with a little bit of cap room to play with in the offseason, do you think that's something that they should address? Um, going back to 2013, they tried to do stuff like that, sign some big free agents and, 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 and it kind of blew up on their face. Would you rather the team kind of stay pat there or would you rather them go out and try and acquire some more depth scoring? I personally would love to see them just stay with what they have now. They making playoffs after only one season. That's not something to just 
kind of freak out about and kind of be like, okay, I'm just going to go and get whatever I can. Um, they have the tools that they need. And I mean, I feel like that third line and the second line are definitely kind of rising up a little bit and and getting some golds for this team. Um, I don't know. I just don't see them making a big splash in the offseason again. I feel like them kind of, I see them staying packed. Yeah, I mean, I think if you can get someone for the right price for the right contract, like you don't need to be signing one for like a, a like extended contract. Just, um, but I mean, if you if you get someone you can really feel like really feel like can uh, kind of complete like some of these some of these uh like second, third, and fourth lines, you know? Because I mean, we've th- seen kind of throughout the season like other than that first line, like some of the other players kind of shuffling around. Like you can tell Bednar is trying to trying to see what exactly works and who who's clicking with who on what line um but i think like if you can find like a solid veteran for the right price um for the right contract i think that probably would be would be a smart move to take this team to the next level yeah i mean we'll see what's out there we'll see what they can do um do you guys think it's an issue right now but if they were to stay pat do you think it wouldn't be an issue in the future Sorry, I'm uh, Atticus over here. No worries. I know, like I said, like if the price is right, but I don't think it it should be like a priority to like go out and like really try to find someone. But if if the option comes available, um, it might be a good thing to look into. But I don't think it's um completely necessary to to go out and try to try to buy some talent right now. Right. Yeah, I I think it will be interesting to kind of watch him because you have to realize how many picks that they got from that Duchesne trade. Right. I just feel like they'll kind of build it off of that and kind of do what they need to. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just don't really see them going out and being like, okay, we need someone like, I don't know, I'm just going to say someone, even though he's not a free agent, Nemesikov or something. Yeah. Um, I just, I just see them kind of taking advantage of all those draft picks. I mean, you have Kamenev, who is a very good two-way forward. And, I mean, once he's able to kind of get um, that experience with, say, the Eagles next season and kind of build up a little bit, he'll be playing on the third line or maybe a second line and be able to help them out. And it's it's interesting because Avs do have a lot of talent in the um, their prospect pool that they're kind of waiting on and seeing what will come up. And... I just I don't see them making a big signing. Yeah, I mean it all kind of comes down to like when exactly they're going to be able to take advantage of those uh, lottery protected picks right. that they they acquired as well. Well, too. if it's not if it's not this year, it's next year for sure. Yeah. So, all right, guys, talking about the most disappointing injury to the Colorado Avalanche, they had a couple guys, uh, Johnson out for six weeks, Varlamov out for the year. Um, in your guys' opinion, who's the most disappointing injury? Um, out of those two that the Avalanche, uh, I guess, suffered. Um, I kind of what I was saying earlier. I think it's more of Johnson than Varley. Um, I feel like John, not Johnson. I feel like Varley was kind of getting hot a little bit before he got hurt. But I don't know. I mean, with Bernier between the pipes as well as kind of mm-hmm. being that guy right now, we saw what he can do earlier in the season, and we know he can kind of do that again possibly. So I'm not really worried on that front, but. The Avs defense just it's in so it's still in in a process on losing a guy like EJ especially for the playoffs. It's like losing Barry against Minnesota in the 2013 playoffs a little right. bit. So I mean that one worries me a lot actually. Yeah, I definitely say Johnson. Um, I mean I like I like the Avs goalie depth a lot more than I like their defensive depth, um, especially with Bernier the way he's been performing this season. He's been. Um, a great backup. He's been kind of the, the saving grace of, of this team this season, I think. Yeah, I think we're going to be in consensus here for Eric Johnson, not only for what he brings to the ice, but, um, you know, you just think about Eric Johnson as the Avalanche player. You know, he's really been the heart and soul of the Avalanche for quite some time. You know, you've seen players come and go, but Eric Johnson has kind of been um, the guy that's been through it all, you mm-hmm. know. Um, the really bad season before they got Nathan McKinnon. Uh, 2013, the playoffs, um, and then and then and then the really bad season last year. Um, you know, playing the Sharks in 2011. I'm pretty sure, you know, Eric Johnson was on that team. Yep. Um, and he lives and he breathes and he dies 
Colorado Avalanche hockey. And for me, not only as, you know, Eric Johnson as a player for what he brings to the ice, but I feel for the guy as well, mm-hmm. you know, to to be part of the team last year. And then I want the Avalanche to win a series or so. So the so Eric Johnson can play in, in, in these playoffs because he, if anyone on the Avalanche deserves it, if anyone on the Avalanche, you know, you could win a cup for anyone right now, it would be Eric Johnson. So... Yeah, I mean, every single time we kind of talk about him, for some reason right now, I'm just having that one play stuck in my head, like, during the Wild series. Right. Where he, he chases after, mm-hmm. yeah, and he stops that empty net goal from happening. I just, I mean, he, when we talk about heart on the team, Johnson right. is extremely huge for that part. All right, guys, we'll move along. Final segment here. We're getting hyped for the playoffs. You guys hyped for the playoffs? Oh, yeah. Woo! All right, general NHL playoff primer. So we're going to talk about not only the Colorado Avalanche, which we've kind of given our series predictions already on Colorado and Nashville, but we'll give our, our round-by-round predictions. We'll do we'll do maybe first-round guys, uh, see who wins in the first round, and then, and then who you see going to the conference finals, and then who you guys see playing and winning the Stanley Cup. And then also while you guys are at it, hit me with your uh, with your Con Smythe winner off of uh, off of those two teams playing in the in the in the Cup Finals. Okay, so I have Nashville winning, unfortunately, in six or seven. Uh, so it'll be Nashville, Winnipeg in the semis. Uh, I have I don't know. I think though just the way kind of they were playing yesterday, I have Vegas moving on. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say San Jose, and then for the Western uh, Finals, I think it would be Winnipeg and San Jose, and I see Winnipeg going on to the final. Okay. And for the East, I see Tampa. I don't see the Devils really having a chance against Tampa. Uh, Tampa against Boston in the semis, the Caps against the Penguins in the semis, and... Eastern Conference, I see, I don't know, that one's kind of hard, especially with the Caps. I feel like it'll be the Caps and Tampa with Tampa moving on to the finals and Tampa winning it. Con Smythe winner? Con Smythe. Um, I'm going to go Kucherov. Okay. It's not a bad, not a bad pick. Joe, you want to go? All right, all right. So... Avs Nashville, we'll say Avs. We got Avs in six, right? Avs in six. six. Go, stick with it. Stick with the yeah, hot take. Yeah. Sticking with it. Sticking with it. Take it to my grave. <laughs> All right. Then we got got Winnipeg, Minnesota. I got Winnipeg for that. See Winnipeg Avalanche. I got Winnipeg for that. Great. Um, and then on the other side, um, I like I like Vegas over LA, and I like the Sharks over the Ducks. And then I like the Sharks over Vegas. And then I like the Sharks over Winnipeg. Okay. Sharks in the Stanley yeah, Cup finals. Sharks are going to go again. <laughs> um, on the eastern side, um, Tampa over New Jersey. Boston over the Leafs. Um, I think, I don't know. I want to see, see Columbus over the Caps. You uh, want to see it? Or what do you think is going to happen? I want to see it, but... Uh, your heart's selling you one thing. Your mind's selling you what? Yeah, my heart's my mind's selling me Cavs. My heart's selling yeah. me Columbus. And I'm then uh, pens over Flyers. Um, pens over Caps. And then we got Boston over Pens. So we got Boston and San Jose. San Jose. I got Boston winning the Cup. And then Virgie for the Consmith. Okay. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Mic dropped, even though it's on a stand and you can't really drop the mic. But the mic has metaphorically been dropped, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Let's go. All right. I'm going to give you guys mine here. It's kind of similar to Joe. I mean, we are brothers. We do maybe share some some wavelengths. Uh, I'm going to say abs in five. Or uh, abs in six, rather, is what we went with. Winnipeg, I'm going to say that series is going to end in a four-game sweep. Maybe I'm a little bit of a homer, but you know what? Screw the mild. They're going to get swept, and they got they they got beat last night in Winnipeg. Which was beautiful. Right. 
<laughs> Vegas and Los Angeles. I don't know if you guys caught that first game, but that was a heck, heck of a heck of a playoff game. Yeah, yeah it was. That's that might be the most entertaining series in the first round, in my opinion. I'm gonna say Vegas is gonna take that one, but it's gonna go all seven. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go Anaheim over San Jose. Okay, and then the semis: Winnipeg over Colorado to make it to the Western Conference Finals. I'm gonna say Anaheim over Vegas. And I think Anaheim is going to uh, represent the Western Conference in the Stanley Cup Finals. Going out east, Tampa Bay, I think, will win in five. Boston, I think, will win in six. I'm going to pick Columbus in seven. I know your heart says Columbus, but your mind said Caps. I, I really think I think, I think Bobrovsky is going to do it this year. I think, I think, I think Bobrovsky is going to steal the show. Yeah. And I'm going to go Columbus for that one. Pittsburgh. Is going to beat Philly in four. Okay. And then Pittsburgh over Columbus. Okay. Boston over Tampa Bay, which is going to be a hell of a series. Which, if my predictions are correct, the Eastern Conference final is also going to be a hell of a series. Oh, yeah. But I'm going to go Boston in six. So Boston, Anaheim, Stanley Cup finals. And I'm going to say Boston is going to win the cup. Okay. And here's another hot take on this show. Okay. <laughs> The Smythe winner, you already know what's coming, Brad Marchand. I would love that, honestly. Right, that'd be right. sick. <laughs> Marshy for Smythe. I think Bruins in six games. All right, all right. And the mic, once again, has been <laughs> metaphorically <laughs> dropped. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Best sound effects ever. <laughs> yeah, shout out to our sound effects team here on the Hockey Mountain Podcast. Let's, uh, let's say our sound effects team is Duncan. <laughs> Duncan, our sound effects guy over there. All right, guys. Uh, last talking point that we have on the on the uh, on the show. You guys just have any final thoughts and feelings on the playoffs this year? Oh, the playoffs are gonna be fucking insane. <laughs> There's so many good series. I think this this year, and it just you just have that feeling every single year that it's getting tougher and tougher in comparison with the NBA playoffs. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm excited, and just having the Colorado team in the playoffs this year is so fucking good. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, like you said, when you're going through through your thing, like there's gonna be a lot of good series, and I mean, even like going through the regular season, there's been a lot of, a lot of lead changes in divisions and lead changes for President's Trophy and all that stuff, and um, now that all these teams are competing in the playoffs, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a great playoffs to watch. Oh, yeah. It's gonna be a lot of fun. All right, guys. Yeah, for I mean, for me, what I love about NHL playoff time is that there's 16 teams in the field, and I feel like all 16 teams can, in some way, shape, or form, make a run and win the Stanley Cup. That means New Jersey. That means Colorado. I think that they have as equal of a shot as Nashville and Tampa Bay. Anything can happen in the NHL playoffs. Um, you know, the games are physical. The ice is small. Mm-hmm. You battle. And I mean, holy crap! It is, it is, it is, it is the best time of the year. Absolutely. One more thing, JJ. Who do you? Th- so Eagles are in their last season of the ECHL. Okay. They were champions last season. Mm-hmm. Question is, do you think they can repeat in yeah. their last season? Yeah, I think I think they win the Kelly Cup again. Yeah. yeah. All right. I, I think <laughs> Bold- honestly. They're going to win the Kelly Cup again, and then it'll be interesting next season in the AHL. Mm-hmm. Bold prediction, number three. <laughs> Colorado Eagles, back-to-back Kelly Cup champions. Then next year, we're going for that Calder Cup. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go, Eagles. Let's yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, remember, as of this recording, the Avalanche playing tonight in Nashville. Uh, in like, they in will like two hours from right in now. like yeah. two hours from right now. Right now, so if you're listening to this, uh, the game has already happened. We we might already look like complete and total idiots. Who knows? Uh, tonight, and then they play again the Saturday afternoon. Check out the watch parties for all the uh, away games at the Pepsi Center. Mm-hmm. They'll have their 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 first two home games of the series Monday and Wednesday night, and then they will head back play Friday in Nashville. Uh, if necessary, again, the last three, if necessary, they'll play on Sunday and then a potential game seven would be what Tuesday yep. of the following week. So make sure you guys 
and go out to those watch parties. If you can't make it out to a playoff game, those watch parties are absolutely free tonight and Saturday. Uh, if you guys can snag some tickets, uh, that'll be awesome. Uh, I know Joe and I, were going to a few games. Uh, JJ might try and make it out to one, he was saying. Uh, so definitely uh, go check those out. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Uh, hopefully next week we'll be talking about um, the Avalanche dominating the Nashville Predators. Who oh. knows?